What's up, everybody, and welcome to the To, to the, the Wheels Fall Off podcast. podcast. I am your host, Candace, also known as Spice from Spice Life TV. And this is my beautiful husband and co-host, Creed. How y'all doing, y'all? And welcome to the podcast where we talk about relationships from your entry, particularly as it pertains to incarcerated individuals. And why is that, babe? Because I did 23 and a half That's years, right. and this woman was with me the whole time. And we fought for justice. We fought for love. We fought for black empowerment, and we're going to continue that fight today. And we are just here to share those experiences with y'all and to take you on this journey because we are reintegrating him into the community and just into our relationship. So we are going to do this until the wheels fall fall out, and we just want y'all to be with us. Absolutely. So let's go. Let's get it cracking. All right, so today we are going to start this segment with our Ice Girls section because y'all have been asking some questions. <laughs> oh boy. So we got a couple questions for you today, baby. Ready? I'm ready. All right, so one of the questions that has been come up a couple times, actually, especially after that episode where we talked about the guards and some of how they were peering in on you in the shower, mm-hmm. they want to know what the showers are like. So is it like you have a stall? Do you all just have a community shower? Are there a bunch of explain the showers and where they're how they're different, where they're different? Okay, bear with me on this, y'all, because showers are different everywhere in the institution. So when you're in the main institution, when I say main institution, it's a closed custody type institution. The main institution is going to have a shower where it's going to be community because Mm -hmm. they're going to literally want to be able to see everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. A lot of violence happens in the closed custody institutions. Closed custody means maximum to y'all out there who don't know. So my experience was when I first got incarcerated, I was at Walla Walla and I was in a 40 man shower. Mm -hmm. So it's literally a big room, Mm -hmm. a big shower room, all tiled up. And you have 20 shower heads on the walls all the way around the room big open space one bench where you can put your towels and your drawers and so 40 man shower or 20 man shower before what'd you say it's 40 people but okay. there's 20 shower heads okay so that's oh. why that's why i said bear with me so here's where it is you got okay. 40 guys that boom they let people out on the tier and everybody goes down to the shower 40 men down there so if oh, you got, this is what you were telling me the other day. Yeah. So if you're uh, showering, you got 20 people in the shower, you got other 20 people waiting. So one guy's getting wet, he's rinsing off or whatever. And then he steps out and soaps up his rag and the other guy steps into the up under the shower and then he gets wet. Mm-hmm. So while he's getting wet, that guy is washing his body, good soap all over his body. And then he might tell the guy in the shower, hey, man, let me get let me get wet. Mm-hmm. So then let me get wet. <laughs> that's literally what they say. That's literally what they say. So literally, he's like, let me get wet. So the dude steps out of the shower head and then he steps in and, and rinses all the soap off of him and everything. And that is so that's how that works. And so in this 40 man shower, I, what I didn't tell you the other day is there's a big glass there where the officer sits and watches. So in case there's a fight, jump off or anything, they can be on it. There ain't no cameras in there. And I don't know why it's between a camera and a grown man sitting up there watching you in the shower, right. but the officer is sitting behind tinted glass and he's just watching you shower the whole time. And you have- Well, probably if there's cameras, they're probably not wanting to record people right. naked in the shower. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that now. I'm just saying that somebody's looking, <laughs> Yeah, you know? I know, that's weird. And so um, when when you're in the shower, you got 15 minutes to do that. And that's the, that's the dawning part about it because you working all day, it's hot and closed custody. Ugh. There's no air conditioning, you sweating. You want to take longer than a 15 minute shower, right? And you yeah. got to share a shower head. So it actually turns into like a seven minute shower in, in actuality. So y'all split the 15 minutes. Split the 15 minutes, you grab your stuff. And it, here's the nasty part, we never even really pee. When you go into the shower, I told you there's a bench there that has, that you put your 
your towel and your rag and your soap dish and your drawers on, but you also have to bring down your ice bucket. So your ice bucket container, because you got to do showers and ice, what they call showers and ice at one time. You got to get yeah. your ice after the shower. Uh -huh. But everybody got their ice containers in the shower with everybody. So, Ew. so yeah, so Ew. dead skin and soap Ew. and in the mist and all that is all over you. Poop. We never, we never paid attention to that. That's nasty. But yeah, you got to put your, so you got your shot, you got your ice pitcher there on the bench and you just grab it after you dry off and go. That is not hygienic go at around all. The, go around the corner and get your ice and you go. That's close custody. Then when you go to medium custody or minimum custody, you will have a stall, but it varies between having a curtain that goes across or a stall with a door. But either way, it's only coming up to here to your chest mm -hmm. and it's only going down as far as your knees because they still need to be able to look in and see if you got another person in there with you if there's sexual activity going on if there's an assault going on some somehow so they want to be able to see that so you'll usually have on each tier a three man uh three stalls for three people and so and then you have other people just standing on the chair waiting with all their shower gear waiting for the next guy to come out and the next guy goes in Mm -hmm. So you're in the shower doing your thing and you got a guy hanging out here just waiting for you. So you got the pressure to hurry up, you know what I'm saying? Just be considerate because prison conflicts usually happen for inconsideration mm -hmm. when people feel like you're being inconsiderate. That's usually when, when it always goes down. I got you. So, we, yeah. So when you're in medium and minimum, you have kind of a different level of privacy. But at the same time, it's not really that private, you know? Mm -hmm. It's 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 crazy. It's daunting. But so you said it goes down because of inconsideration and the inconsideration is what? So the inconsideration were like for the shower situation, you will be in the shower and the guy wants to go in there and take a 20, 30 minute shower when people are obviously sitting out there waiting. When you see somebody oh. waiting, you, you, the onus is on you to take a seven, 10 get minute shower, get in and get out because guys are coming from work. Guys come from working out, that type of thing. And so the consideration is a factor same thing with um with eating when you're in the chow hall you know if you everybody of course every race and has their different groups or whatnot but if you don't if you're not considerate and give person a certain amount of feet certain amount of room that's called inconsideration it's mm -hmm. gonna go down you know mm -hmm. so those type of things you have to always be cognizant of when you're incarcerated but again back to the shower that's the difference between showers between maximum versus medium and minimum but that's how they look so when i was telling you that they could peep down I'm standing in a stall and it's only it's only coming up to the door is only coming up to here on my chest and down here on my knees. So it's very easy for a person to walk up the stairs and look right down and you can see everything, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's how it is. And the shower is literally probably about I would say probably about four feet wide to six feet deep. So it's not very it's not very big, you know, why you look like that. <laughs> OK, so what's the difference? Like explain the showers in jail. So in jail, it's a little bit different because when I, okay, so when I was incarcerated in jail, you have the, you have pods, you have a whole tank mm -hmm. and you have one shower over there in the tank where everybody's playing cards and everything. You just have one shower over there and just one big long curtain, long curtain. You, nobody can see anything. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. So in jail, it's a little bit more, they're a little bit more conscious of your privacy, I think, versus mm -hmm. Department of Corrections. Not guilty yet. Exactly. Okay. You know? And a lot of people are getting in or going through the system in and out very quickly. And so I'm pretty sure if something was to happen, they can report that very fast. Something happens and you get assaulted in, in prison. You forget about it three, four years later. You ain't thinking about getting out and reporting that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, county's a little bit different. It's a little bit more privacy. OK. And on the same level of that, the second question we're going to talk about today is explain the difference between jail and prison. When someone says, oh, he went to jail mm -hmm. and maybe he really went to prison or, oh, mm -hmm. he went to prison and really it was just jail. Mm -hmm. What's the difference um, as far as 
how you get cert or sentenced to them mm-hmm. or like what's the time you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then i guess the overall difference of what they are doing so time. <clears throat> jail county jail you go there when you get arrested for a crime and you're either awaiting trial mm-hmm. or you get convicted of a a misdemeanor or a felony but the misdemeanor or felony is less than a year in order to go to prison you have to have a day over a year and there's a lot of guys that's in DLC that were sentenced to a year and a day just because the judge wanted to make sure they went to prison. Or I've heard guys ask for that so that they could do their year in prison because it's, he'll tell you it's yeah. a little bit better than um, jail. Yeah, because yeah, prison, as far as comfort level wise, you find guys that would rather do a year and a day in prison mm-hmm. than to do six months in jail. Mm-hmm. Six months in jail feels like two years because, I mean, you don't got no shoes, you ain't got no clothes, you got these, you got the, the prison jumpsuit, you know, and it's constant turnover. Yeah. It's a lot of um, drug addicts, people who are coming in that are high and they're getting off or, you know, coming down from that. 100%. And then they're having to do their whole detox there. It's just. Yeah. It's and, a, it's a and different. And in prison, I can I can buy food that I can cook. Yeah. And in jail, you got to buy food that you, you know, basically can eat out of a package, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think it might have changed now to where they got they got stuff like ramen. You can use boiling water. But when I fell. It was like you can only buy cookies and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that and uh, uh, beef and cheese sticks and you have to buy the little Kool Aid and little packet. You never Actually, have no. Cold, you don't get ice. <laughs> that would be interesting. So he failed over twenty five years ago. So mm-hmm. if someone has done that recently and can tell us what county is like or how county is different, if you can have food, yeah, yeah. we'd love to know. Yeah, enlighten us. Been that been there in a minute. Yeah, enlighten us. For and real. we'll never be back. No, we, no, <laughs> we ain't going back. We'll All right. Again. Anything else you want to add to that? Don't do nothing to go to either one of them places. Don't do nothing for real. to go to either one of them places. Uh, it ain't the place for you. I don't care who you are, what background you come from. Don't do nothing to go to them places because it's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's not built for a human. You I know? agree. And I don't care how good you think you're living in prison. You know, uh, you are dehuman- dehumanized and desensitized in a lot of different ways. Don't do it. It's not for you. You're even desensitized to how dehumanized you've been. 100%. For however long you've been there. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize that you've been literally verbally abused and <laughs> mentally abused on yeah. top of the trauma of just being in prison. But mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. And this, the, the desensitized... Desensitization. Desensitized. Oh, boy. Being desensitized comes from just daily seeing somebody who looks at you like you're less than Mm. and you don't see it as it's happening it's a gradual process to the point where now at first you you kind of notice that it's happening but it's not something you can put your finger on and then you get to the point where you don't need to see it no more it's part of everyday life Mm. and somebody looks at you treats you and treats you in a way and talks to you in a way that says you're less than human then you become that so how do you stop that you got to be mentally strong that's the only way because there is no reporting it there is no talking to the person that's doing it and you're not going to change a person overnight it's literally being mentally strong and setting an example to the people that are doing it to you that you are better than that and then they start treating you a little bit better than the rest of the people but they don't necessarily treat you human my so here's where my psychology thoughts come in you know seals they work there i guess that's what they think that they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. but I don't know, like, how do you just do that at work and then you don't take that and do that crap home? How are you someone who can be so 
demeaning and degrading and on purpose mm-hmm. and then you you're trying to tell me that you got a, a wife that is not that at mm-hmm. home you don't have you haven't beat down your kids verbally i just it's hard for me to believe that that is something you can st- turn off you how do you turn off being top cop everybody listening to you you sick off this power yeah and is it because you don't have no power at home or do you go home and put that same be that same terrorist at home well in my experience, I've never been able to put my finger on it because I don't know any CEOs personally any, or any former CEOs. But what I do know is the consensus amongst us is that this person doesn't have any power at home mm-hmm. and they take it out on us. Mm-hmm. This person gets beat down. It could be by his wife. It could be by it could be by his friends. He but could, you know one that was beating his wife. Oh, I, was, yeah, I know. Of one, yeah, he was high up. And the cool part about it is they didn't even look at that as an infraction on him bad enough to let him go. He got demoted a couple of times and got demoted. and then got promoted above what he was before he got demoted. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So clearly they're not, that's not a, I mean, they're not trying to build people stronger, no. of course. We know that, no. but that's, I don't think what the society knows. I think society thinks that you're going in prison to be rehabilitated mm-hmm. and that the people in there come in there every day ready to just help you be better. <laughs> and that's why I think a lot of times there's so there's so much um, kick like drawback on or not drawback pushback on when we talk about how there's a lot of people that aren't that are not that are in prison that shouldn't be or that the sentences are too long. Mm-hmm. I think people think that the people there are not mm-hmm. just assholes. They are. I think they think that these are good-hearted people that want to make a change and help the world. And I'm sure there's are there are pocket of those. I'm sure there's some in the group. I'm mm-hmm. not saying all of them, but I will. I feel like I can confidently say the majority are no different than the rest of the police officers. And these guys are even worse because they couldn't cut it as police officers. They got to be COs, <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah, nine times. So now they got that chip on their shoulder because they couldn't do it out here with the real folks. I'm not saying y'all ain't real, but you know with where it, where no, it supposedly it. counts. So they go inside, and now they got the they get this this power that they can execute. That they couldn't couldn't chop the you know hold, what is it what's the phrase chop the biscuits or hold the mustard or whatever the <laughs> phrase go is. hold the mustard they couldn't cut the mustard out here cut the mustard that's what it is they couldn't cut the mustard out here they go in there and they just start acting a fool yeah what I learned is the the misconception about rehabilitation because you mentioned that where you say people think that you're just being there rehabilitated and people just coming in like trying to do, make you better rehabilitation is a personal choice yeah. period. And, and that's all that's because that's the only option. That's the only option. But at the same time, you have to do it in spite of how you're being treated every day. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the only option because they're not offering it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to decide. You have to decide and you have to do the work yourself because. And I said this to you before, like there's a lot of people don't understand if you're out here on the streets, if you want to change your life, mm-hmm. you still have to work your job and pay your bills and figure out how to change mm-hmm. versus us up in there. We've been set down, pulled out, and you have all the time in the world to make whatever changes you need to make. You need to face whatever traumas you fa- you need. You had to face, at least acknowledge them, mm-hmm. you know, to some degree. And you have time to do that because you're not working a job, paying bills every single day like somebody on the streets. So I don't want to say there's no excuse for rehabilitating yourself. What I'm saying is you have the opportunity to do it. And some people do take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't. And yeah. that's why you have such high recidivism rates. You know? Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, ain't nobody in there doing nothing for us. Nobody. This is, uh, I love this. This is becoming my favorite segment. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I just love that the questions are coming from our people mm -hmm. and we're answering them and just giving insight. The, yeah, because I, I've had the comment of when they've sent the questions, like, I hope this isn't a dumb question. And I'm always like, please, there's no such thing as a dumb question because I've even edited some of the videos and been like, oh, I should have probably explained what that meant. Mm -hmm. We've done it so long that For we're sure. just so used to it. And certain things that we would never think would be interesting to y'all, y'all find interesting. Mm -hmm. So these questions, I love them for one, just to see what, what sparks interest for y'all. But then when we're talking about it, it just brings up a lot of stuff. Like mm -hmm. not necessarily bad stuff, but it kind of reminds me of things that I forgot about and just kind of like that whole dynamic and remembering how that guard, just the attitudes that they always had and mm -hmm. the chip on their shoulder. And I'm just so happy to be done with that bull. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, there's a, ask y'all questions because there's a lot of y'all that don't know but there's even more y'all that think y'all know. Oh yeah. That y'all think y'all know because y'all hear the bullshit. <laughs> or you watch some movie. Or you watch or dumb, some a dumbass movie and it's not like that at all. So <laughs> ask your questions and get it from the real. That's you what's know? up. All right, let's move on to the next segment. What's the next segment? So Mary sponsored our first Got Munchie segment and that's where we tried the, the licorice that some of it was kind of salty and then we had the hazelnut chocolate, but mm -hmm. we loved that segment. We enjoyed doing that so much. And I just liked that the food was from another country. Her son went to the Baltics and brought back that stuff for us. So I was like, I was inspired. Let me find one that's a snack box so we can try to get us some uh, different treats to try from around the country. You did that. Babe ain't got his passport yet, so we ain't even just <laughs> going. We got to bring it to us. We got to bring <coughs> the country stuff right now. We got to bring it to us. We're working on that passport, y'all. All right. So today, where we're going, we're taking a little trip. I don't want to give the box name or the people then the credit because they ain't paying us mm -hmm. until they do. We're just going to say we're taking a trip to India. No doubt. No doubt. Let's go. So excited. So I, for one, love me some Indian food and I'm excited to see what they got for us. So, so it looks like they have one, two, three, four, five, six. We're going to get six treats to try. Some sweet, some savory. Mm -hmm. They're all around the world. I mean, the, the treat the treat box comes from all around the world, but today we're going to try from India. Okay. All right, so what are those called? What's the first thing? These are called Mosca Chaska. Mosca Chaska 50-50. Mm-hmm. Got a show, babe. This is how oh, the... Oh, bad. This is how the... Wait. Oh, there's the camera. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Okay, the Mosca Chaska. It looks like a Go cracker. Ahead. It looks like a savory cracker. Mm -hmm. It's like herbs. I mean, can we do a one, two, three? Oh, my bad. Greedy. I'm hungry, babe. Okay. Let me yeah. try another one. Move with you. Mm. That's not bad. No, these are good. You know that little cheese I have at home? That goat cheese spread? Mm -hmm. Bomb. I feel like I had a cracker like this. It's before. almost like a chicken biscuit. That's chicken what and it a biscuit, is. but not as salty. Yeah. It's a um, less salty chicken in a biscuit. Mm-hmm. I like them. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Any y'all do y'all thing with them. So these are crackers, but I see why they're calling them kind of biscuity. Mm -hmm. They call them biscuits. Let me get another one. They're thick. They're not super thick. But, um. No, babe, that's you. What's me? Super thick. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm like, what's me? <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate. Mm. Yeah, I can I get like with these. Yeah, those are going to get eight. I can't. There's a hint of a taste of something in there when I first bite into it. I can't. It's an herb. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's kind of funky, but then it just. 
Um, I don't know what you taste. It might be funky, but it's good. It's good. All right, what are we doing next? Okay. This is called Roller Cola. Okay. Roller Cola. I'm wondering, cola. are those like Rolly, Rolly up? What are those? Roller? It says it's the solid cola. So I'm thinking <gasps> it's about like Coke. Oh, is it a hard candy? Uh, yeah. You know, I love yeah. me a hard candy. I love candy, period. Oh, oh it's like package. a um it's like a lifesaver. Lifesavers. Are you can they see you opening it? Oh. Yeah. It's like a lifesaver, y'all. Yeah. See that? It looks like Coca-Cola. You want to take one? I'm gonna smell it. Mm. It kind of smells like. Ready? Ready? Yeah, go. Oh, it's definitely pop. Mm. You know I can deal with this. That is some coke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's like so that. cokey. Yeah. I'm with that. Mm. And like we got a couple of these in here too. We should have saved that because <laughs> it's hard and I want to finish it. I'm gonna sit mine on this paper. Because I'm about to finish mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Mm. That's delicious. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. Let's save the other hard candy. All right. This right here is called Ulu. Alu Bougia. I would try, I'm about to try that. Alu Bougia. Bougia. Yeah. If I had to try to pronounce that, they'd have made a meme. I think me. these are like straw, uh, onion straw kind of, but like oh, potato straws, I mean. You want to let me do that? Yeah, they're potato snacks. You know me in packages. Mm -hmm. It ain't my thing. All right. So this one, you open your hand up and pour a little bit in there. What do you all see that? Smell like? That's what it looked like. Oops. They're little straw, like straw strips, shoestring kind of thing. All right, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. They're like um, Pringles, Pringle crumbs. Yeah, it don't really taste like, does it? No, I feel, uh, yeah, it tastes like something. Yeah, there's a flavor, flavor on there. It's spice. Spicy mint flavored. Oh, Extruded man. potato snack for all ages. I taste the mint and the spice. I'm, I'm liking that spice kick at the end. I like the mint. Yum, yum, yum. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. The only yeah. thing I feel like, the only way you can really eat these is like this. I don't think 100%. this is like, you gotta just. So you gotta eat it black, black. Black, black. See how those are all crumbs mm -hmm. or just little pieces? You gotta just catch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now this one I'm scared visual. of. It's called Fab Bourbon. All right, y'all. What does it say is in it? Fab Bourbon. India, you're doing us Ooh, good. That 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 spice is kicking. It is. I like it, it, but it's at the back of your throat. It's not like in your chest mm -hmm. or on your tongue. It's yeah. just right at the back of your throat. It said that these are chocolate flavored. It's chocolate flavored sandwich biscuits. Mm boy. Mm boy. I like a sandwich and a biscuit. Oh, you love a sandwich cookie. <laughs> he does. There you go. And it says bourbon on the cookie, too. Oh, and there's like, um, is that sugar or salt? Salt. I believe it's salt. Look, it has little flecks of flakes of sh sugar or salt on it. One of the two. Mm-hmm. I like to say it said bourbon on it. Ready? Go. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I can get with that. This is like one of them Keebler. Keebler has mm -hmm. a cookie like this. I don't oh. think this is a sandwich, though. I was about to say, it's not mm. too sweet, but that sweet kick in. It's not too sweet, though. It's I like, like that. just sweet. I like it, too. Mm-hmm. I can move that. I like me a snack pack. Okay. And I like a variety of snacks. 
Uh, this is where I, this, I ain't gonna mm. lie. Man, this right in. here. I'm in. This is what I bought in the county all the time when I was waiting for my trial. These wafer cookies, that's what they give you. Wafer cookies are bomb. They're understated cookies. Mm, they, they, they don't have a, they're not super sweet but it'd be just enough and you get that crisp yeah. and it melts in your mouth easy yeah they're like a home renovation they're like nary no? you get on my nerves you know you, you get know on they my nerves okay is it two packs in there yeah but i think it's two cookies in this, in this. you remember when they did you ever get this, the strawberry ones yes them mm -hmm. is bomb they are, yeah these smell like i already know i'm like these All ready right, ready to go Mm. Yeah. That's just like vanilla ice cream flavor. I might eat these tonight. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like them. Yeah, just near your typical. Mm -hmm. It's good. What are they called? I think they say wafy. Wafy? Wafy. Mmm. Open for a surprise activity. Yeah, I'm with the business on them. I want something sweet quick. Oh, they gave you um sign language. <laughs> All right. Is this it? No, the, oh, that's it. Except for these little last. Um, okay, this is our last treat. This says this is kiss me. I'm gonna let you go open. I just twist. Or like kiss me, maybe. <laughs> she talk about me, y'all. What? You were serious with is the kiss me? Is this K I S M I? Maybe it's just another way of being kiss me. <laughs> Come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we back. Kiss me. <laughs> Kiss me. <laughs> this what looks like a sugar was, daddy. Though. Yeah, it does look like sugar daddy. It really doesn't say much. It says sugar blended confectionery. Uh, blended. Yeah, it's not really yeah. telling us, but it does have like a um, a sugar baby sugar daddy look. Look to it and and feel honestly. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. A little more crispy than like a, mm -hmm. remember a little caramel that square? Caramel is not caramel. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Mm-hmm. So, I think we thought it was gonna be caramel, <coughs> of the way it looked. I ain't gonna front though, five out of six ain't bad. How'd you get rid of that? I just put it in the paper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I don't think I could do that one. Mm -hmm. That was not good. Nah, that ain't my flow right there. It tastes kind of like medicine. A little bit. But I'll do my, um, I'll go back to my Coca-Cola candy in a second. Yeah, that, ain't, that wasn't really okay, cool. Okay, India, India did they think, though. Five out of six ain't bad. That's not bad at all. I'm excited to see where they take us next month. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. We didn't cleaned up. You ready to get into this topic? <laughs> Let's get into this topic. Babe, we mentioned before that there's been a lot of people that we've known that we that got out before us or around in time or after us that it within your three years of being home have either um gone back into the system for one reason or another or unfortunately have lost their lives mm -hmm. that's happened quite a bit yeah. so let's talk about that a little bit how okay. with we have two more recent ones that were really kind of significant to us yeah. that were just kind of a shock mm -hmm. for what happened how it happened and then the res the end result but I think I want to kind of know from you, your perspective of when you hit that three year mark and then you kind of look back to see, because we talked about a little bit, some of the guys who didn't get that three year mark with you or still aren't out here as you hit yours. Mm -hmm. Talk about what that kind of was for you. What did that feel like? What's crazy, like 
and speaking on like the two individuals you were just referencing, those hurt because we did a lot of time together and for them to be as tight with me as they were, on the outside, it looked like they were ready and they looked like mm-hmm. they was down to do whatever it took, stay on the positive track. And they did the exact opposite, almost from day one, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know? And he, like, you know, one of the cases where dude, dude ended up leaving his wife who rolled with him yeah. like a week after he got out. Right. She you rolled know? with him for 20 years, by the way. So, and and, and that was the <laughs> that was the beginning of a downward spiral for him. But what I'm noticing, well, first of all, I'll just say what happened. So this particular person gets out. He had a wife. She rolled with him for 20 years. And whatever the case, he gets out and ends up immediately communicating with other women and all that and did her all the way wrong. All the way wrong. That's something that, you know, I don't care who you are. I'm not going to I'm not going to basically I'm not going to sign off on that as as being your friend. Mm -hmm. Not that I have to, but just as being somebody that I hang around with, communicate with, I'm not going to sign off on that. So. He gets out and do that and it does that and immediately gets another girl pregnant and whatnot. But at the same time, what I didn't know is that he was out out here doing drugs, got hooked on meth, was just out here in the bad way. You remember I had a friend that said that he was living in the in encampment mm-hmm. and I asked that dude, were you living in the encampment? Cause so-and-so said this and he was like, nah, man, they tripping. And I, yes, now, he was yeah. 100%. So he got, he basically got strong out on meth. I ended up seeing him about six weeks before he ended up Which committing the crazy. crime. I seen him at a gas station and I remember I told you immediately after I seen him, like he talked for 20 minutes. I didn't even say nothing. But, I didn't tell him how I was doing, how you was doing. But when you told me that, this guy, that really wasn't a shocker. <laughs> it wasn't. It, it wasn't because he's one of those guys he's that he's smarter than everybody. everybody. He knows everything and he needs you to know that he knows everything. Right. So long story short, um, he ended up killing somebody. He ended up uh, killing a guy who was a delivery worker. Guy sees him at a gas station. And this particular person we're talking about was staring at this delivery driver and the delivery driver kind of walked over and was like, you all right, you good? Mm-hmm. And this this guy, P, we're going to call him P, P starts saying, you know, basically like get out of my face and start arguing with him. And dude goes back to his truck. He gets in his truck with his partner. They're just two guys. Delivering. They're working. Yeah, they're working. They, they go back to the job site where they're picking up more materials to go deliver. P ends up following them down to the job site and dude sees P gets out his truck again and say, hey man, like I just seen you at the gas station. You following me? Like I just asked you, was there a problem? You said no. Why are you down here acting like there is a problem? Mm-hmm. And so they had a, a, a war worse uh, or what have you. And the delivery driver ends up as he's walking away, P pulls out a gun and shoots him. Oh, he shot him in the back? Yeah, from my understanding, he shot him in the back, turned him around mm-hmm. and shot him again. Uh, I think he shot him a couple of times, but the guy ended up dying there Damn. and P ends up speeding off there's people that seen him in his car and whatnot and so he got reported and i guess the police seen him a couple of days later hit the lights on him he tried to outrun him he crashed it oh tried, i didn't know that yeah he tried to he crashed his car tried to run and they caught him and that's where they arrested him mm. um and so now he's at this time when i find out this information he's in the county jail mm. he tried remember i said he's very he thinks he's very smart and whatnot here he tried to represent himself in court and long story short, he got 41 years after just doing 20. 20. First of all, can we just say black people do not try to represent yourself 
in court. <laughs> there have been very few that have done it and have had some level of success. Okay, mm-hmm. you might have heard the story, but that is his story. Yeah, it is yeah. not yours. And yeah. most likely it will <clears throat> never be yours. So please, if I can say anything that I've learned in this system, if you go to prison or go to jail, get arrested, you need to pay for an attorney if you have the means. If there's any chance that you have the money, do not rely on the fact that you're innocent and this public attorney to make sure that you get out of prison. Mm-hmm. I would never chance that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll, I'll say for that. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I would never do is say that I'm going to represent myself. Yeah. Please don't do that. And I'm going to tell you all about another guy and I'm going to tie these both in. I'm going to show you how I'm going to tie them both in. So another guy, a friend, a good friend of mine, you know, we was in prison, you know, played a lot of cards, talk a lot of shit back and forth. You know, even when I was uh, in work release, he came to my job a couple of times and fed mm-hmm, me lunch and whatnot. Right. That was my guy, you know? Yeah. And the sad part about it is he, while he had a legitimate job that somebody like basically gave him, he was doing well at that job. He was doing other things on the side, which mirrored what he was doing before he got went to prison. This particular person, <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to call him <laughs> P2. <laughs> P2. <laughs> For real, I was just, that's why I stopped because I'm like, damn, he P2. Damn. <laughs> so this particular person is coming home from a life sentence. That's the difference yeah. with him. He had a life sentence and ended up getting mm-hmm. his sentence commuted. Explain that. Well, he he, he filed for clemency. Explain that. And <laughs> So after doing a certain amount of time, he basically petitions the state to let him out based upon the fact that he's been in prison enough, a long, long enough time, He's 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 learned his lesson. He's done certain programs and things that will help him become a productive member of society. He can mm-hmm. prove that. And then he has other people that come to the clemency hearing to vouch for him and say, yes, he's a good guy. We've it's, been It's like Washington's form of a parole board. Basically, yes, because Washington does not have, have a parole, parole board. Mm-hmm. So he goes through that whole process. He has a ton of support. People that came and said, yes, he's going to do well. And we got him and we With know he's positive. Dying mother. Yeah, with a dying mother who held on oh, until he came that home. Man home. He came home and like I said, he had a job, but he was doing other things on the side. The same thing that mirrored that mirrored what he was doing before he came home, which was hustling, you know, buying and selling stolen goods and whatnot. And listen, I get everybody having to hustle. I hundred percent get that. But when it's detrimental to your success and you continue to go back to it, that's a problem, you know? It's, it's not it's not conducive to you being a positive person. That's a problem. So what ended up happening was when he was coming to work release and feed me a couple of times, like you bringing me lunch and whatnot, like we had a good time and all that, but <clears throat> it hurt because at the time he's doing that, he's doing the negative stuff also. Mm-hmm. And he's riding the fence. He's basically, yeah, he's basically riding the fence. And it wasn't a big deal because it's little hustles. But as time went on, little hustles become big hustles. Yeah. And you start to get bigger nuts about what you're doing and starting to do bigger, bigger things. And that's exactly what he was doing. And he was in cahoots with some dude, some street dude, some dope, dope fiend that he was he was dealing with. Basically came to him and said, I want my portion of of what we took, mm. you know. And oh, so someone they went in to take something together. They had already took taken something. Yeah. Matter of fact, let me re- reverse that. They took something, and P two wanted his portion, and the guy wasn't giving it to him. Uh, so he ends up seeing him downtown somewhere, and pistol whipping the guy in his car. Mm-hmm. Ain't supposed to have a pistol. You're a former felon, number mm-hmm. one, right? 
He's up pistol whipping the dude in his car, pops in his car. And as he's driving home, dude already hit the police because they he did this around like a homeless encampment. And so the homeless, when the police came, the homeless people told who it was like, yeah, we seen it. It was him. The police met him at his house as P2 is sticking the key in his door at his apartment. The police is showing up. So I don't know if he got caught with the pistol, mm -hmm. but the reports is you pistol up somebody. So now that's the possession that, they, that they're looking for. They end up arresting him as a former felon, three well, striker. But, so if they don't have proof that he had it. They, 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 listen, they've had less. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and convicted people of possession. I know, I guess I was pistol. just wondering, so for an arrest though, do you don't have to have, you, you just have to have someone say that you did this to me? Yeah, you basically have to say that uh, the, in the commission of this crime, that there was a pistol involved. You have witnesses involved and they, mm -hmm. can, they can tag you with that, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, so, but that's not to say he might have had it mm -hmm. on him when they arrested him. That part I'm unclear about. But they arrested him, and as a former felon with a pistol, you just committed a crime. You're home on clemency, so you're already a three striker. He ends up getting arrested, and he's in the county right now as we speak. I don't know what his situation mm -hmm. is, but I talked to a friend of mine, and he was like, "Yeah, he like he gonna have to at least take a deal for twelve. Twelve? I thought it was yeah. gonna be eight. Yeah, he said he gonna have to take at least at least a and deal for twelve. Old. And he's old. He's already did twenty five years. So the reason why I, when I said I was going to circle back to both of these, in my experience, the reason why these situations happen is because, as we were talking about earlier in your own rehabilitation, they didn't tackle those issues, those drug issues that they had when they was inside mm -hmm. and they came out to bite them again. When they got out, that was the first thing staring at them is their drug issue. It doesn't go away. Drug issues lie dormant in everybody. Even yeah. somebody who goes through a process of rehabilitation is still lying dormant. Yeah. But if you don't tackle those issues or if you're still continue to do it in prison under under the microscope and people don't see it because neither one of these guys, I was seeing them do any drugs in prison. Mm -hmm. And I was around them all the time, but they know I was the type of dude that would be like, come on, man, you know, mm -hmm. put that away, man. You're supposed to be doing better. You showing these guys that you're this guy, but you're actually this person. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. So. <clears throat> So because they didn't tackle these issues, they get out here, start with the drugs, drugs lead to them revert, reverting to their old life and their old life take them back to the same place they was at before. And that's the lesson that nobody seems to learn. And all these years that we've seen people, we've seen our fathers and our grandfathers and our uncles go to prison, we never learn. And then when it's our turn to go, some people still don't learn. The thing is, the first P that I was talking about, he had a kid. Since he's been home. Since he's been home. And that kid so might now, not learn. That's yeah. the sad part. That's yeah. that's that's what I'm trying to get to. So people understand that it's not just about recidivism and, and going back to prison, but it's also what damage has he done to that boy that we would not see for another that's 18, 20 years. Literally, when you were saying that, my stomach started to hurt because I like was fighting back tears a little bit because... Um, I think that what breaks my heart a lot of times is nobody in the picture, the guy that did the crime or the world after the guy did the crime, mm -hmm. ever really thinks about the family. No. It, they never think about how this is going to devastate the family. Mm -hmm. You said that little boy, the relationship that he has with his dad, if that is maintained, mm -hmm. is always going to be behind the prison. And one thing that we were so adamant to not, I didn't never wanted to have babies that think that that visiting room is their living room. Yeah. And if that happened, of course, I'm bringing their, my kids to see their father. Yeah. I just, when I would see those babies in that freaking prison, that's got linoleum floor, that's barely clean, it's all these people coming in and out, and these babies running around with their socks on and mm -hmm. playing on the floor. and. 
I just mm-hmm. like no. So now that is the life you've decided that that baby yeah. is going to have with you. Yeah. And if the mom sticks around, and if it doesn't, then now you got another black baby who ain't got his daddy. Yeah. And I, and I, and to be clear, we're not saying that anything wrong with people bringing their kids to prison. What or we're saying is that's not, not a decision. It's not wrong for people that choose to do that. Yeah. We just were choosing not exactly. to do that. Exactly. It's, yeah. And another for thing, those reasons, those the, the, the first P I was referencing, because he was doing all these things in, in prison, looking like he was rehabilitating himself, he was going to school. He was one of the first people inside the prison system to have a laptop. Yeah. He was, he, he, he got degrees. He got out and had a job offered to him as an engineer and he was going to a college and he was bringing people into the college to speak. That's how much power he he's had. He's not no okie dog. Like no. He was a legit dude. Yeah, he's a legit dude, but he had those issues. Problem. He had those issues. And so I'm telling y'all, people being tired, being tired of prison has never stopped nobody from going back. That's never yeah. been the thing to stop people going back. There's a ton of people in prison who's tired of it. That's not gonna stop you from going back. You gotta do the work. You have, you have to do the work. I personally struggle with stuff every day because the old me, which is a violent individual, I I, I feel certain things on a daily basis that that old nature mm-hmm. wants to act on. But because I did the work, I can at least do what I'm supposed to do in those situations. Mm-hmm. I can act accordingly because I did the work. And that's all we ask. And we are, we're telling people like, just be able to just do the work so that you're able to be present in the moment when you get out and make the right decisions then not mean it's not going to be a struggle but the right decision being made affects people in a positive way just like the wrong decision being made affects your family in a negative way if i get out and do something because my old nature rises up and more powerful what's going to happen to her Mm -hmm. so and that's the consideration that we all have to have as incarcerated individuals getting out like you have to have consideration for the people that's down with you out of the guys which there's been quite a few um, mm-hmm. But out of those guys, how many of them would you say would have, or that um, was it recidivize? Is that the word? Recidiv- when they've yeah, done that, some- yeah, they recidivize due to their drug issue. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a big thing that needs to be talked about too. Is yeah. that um, it's not necessarily that guys are just getting out here because they just want to kill people. Mm-hmm. They're ki- they they do kill people, but it's because there there's a drug addiction that's attached to it a lot of times mm-hmm. or there's um the drug addictions attached to the crime that happens you yeah. know what i mean it's, 100%. it's i'm not catalyst. i'm not taking away from the fact that you murdered someone i'm saying that there's that drug issue is the one that's not been addressed at all and then that led to that and i think that i don't think a lot of people consider that no you're 100 right and i honestly think that of everybody that i know um that is either dead or back in prison or we can't find them right now I'm going to say at least 85, 90% of them, it's, it's a drug issue. There's one that we can't find right now. And that one is really breaking my heart because yeah. um, we we were we were talking with him all the way through work release. Or no, it wasn't work. He was yeah, at a halfway, yeah. like home monitoring. And um, we would go visit. We brought him food. We got him all of those clothes. And like yeah. we did a lot for him. And. We were getting so excited because he was getting to the point where he was getting off of his um, monitoring and then he was going to come over for dinner and we were going to go out to dinner with his new lady. Like mm. there's all these talks and he was talking to us at least biweekly. Yeah. Yeah. And he got to his date. Literally, he got to his date 
I think we talked to him once or twice after he got to his um, date with his monitoring off. And I'd asked him, like, so when are we going to meet your lady? Like, when are we going to get this going? And he's like, I had to let her go. And he was saying he let her go because of some, like, issues that she was doing that was not something he wanted to deal with anymore. So I was like, okay, well, that's good. You're, you know, peeping that. And then I text him a few times and he 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 loved me. So I he always would text me back. Mm-hmm. And so I started asking, babe, because a lot of times I'll end up communicating with his friends more than he does just because he's not a big phone guy. So they'll <laughs> they'll text me because they'll know they'll get an answer. So um, I had mess. I let babe know, like, hey, I've hit him, hit up a boy a few times and I haven't heard from him. And then he started calling him and the same thing. And now. Mm-hmm. It's been what a couple months. It's been longer than that. Like, I, we went on our cruise, I believe, in, in May. May, and that's the last time I talked to him because he okay. called me while we were. And he got off his thing in April. Yeah, and he called yeah. me, and then when we came back, and we were supposed to communicate. And that's not to say that he is on drugs. I hope he's doing well. But nine times ten, <laughs> nine times out of ten, in my experience, cats they go missing because they don't want to be around people that's going to call them out for what they're doing, and so they they feel like respectfully yeah. i'm not gonna go around go right. around them and so and that's kind of what his forte was you know i pray to god that he's all right i, I pray to too. god he's not on that because it's always led him back to prison and he's old too he's older too and so he don't really have him in years left you know it's like with him i've been just thinking about like every time we would go see him and talk to me you know he has a way about him that you know he used to live that life that mm-hmm. it's very clear yeah but I honestly just really thought he he seemed like he wanted it so bad. And he he did everything you're supposed to do on, mm-hmm. on home monitoring. He was mm-hmm. working every day, overtime. He was getting raises and promotions. He bought himself a car. Like he he just. But those are things that he's always <sighs> known how to do. Because I remember for I remember he used to be he used to work jobs. He used to get raises. He used to do all that even when he was on the streets doing his thing, you know, mm-hmm. and not not promoting it. But he used to be a pimp. And 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 he was very successful at it. But even before he did that, he was very successful at working legitimate jobs and moving up. So that's never been an issue for him. He goes to prison. But then when I and when he goes to prison, he does the same thing. He moves up and he's very likable and everybody loves him. He's a hard worker. But then when I think back on my time with him and I say he didn't, but during my time with him, I never seen him take a drug course. Mm-hmm. I never seen him take any type of drug rehabilitation course. So that comes back to not tackling these issues that you go to prison for. And then thinking you because you haven't done it in years and you get out, it's over and it's not. And a lot of times if it's not in your judgment of sentence and they didn't require you to take the drug course, the guys won't take it. Mm-hmm. But is it still offered to them? Do they have that option? Yeah, 100 percent. OK. Yeah, 100 percent. I know that there were some things you couldn't do because of yeah. your time and stuff. I didn't know if that was. the Yeah. Case. When it came to any type of drug or alcohol thing, that wasn't that, okay. was, that didn't fall under the purview of why they wouldn't let me take that. Like, I was trying to take like computer classes and educational classes and they wouldn't do it because of my time structure. And they wanted to give it to people who had less time than me first. And so it was like, damn, I can't, I can't yeah. learn. But yeah, yeah he, that was offered all the time and he may have taken it when he first started his time and maybe was done with it. But you know, as well as I do, you gotta continue that. You know, it's not like taking an IT course. <laughs> so. And I mean, if I'm the, if I'm the lady of a man who I know had that as this history, I think that if I know what I know now, it would be to encourage that is, mm-hmm constantly talking about that drug and alcohol issue addressing it making sure that you have resources for them if they need to do a rehab or some kind of a i don't know what what those courses are but Mm -hmm. to just really encourage that while they're in there to be addressing that because 
drugs get in prison. They're in there and they're yeah. they can probably be doing less where it's not appearing that they might have been where they were, you know, how they would have acted before when they're out being just high and have unlimited access. But it happens. I'm going to tell you right now a lot being in prison, taking a business course, taking an entrepreneurial course taking all these these courses and then telling your girl like yeah we're gonna get out we're gonna start our own business i'm gonna start my own line of this and i'm gonna start my own that that's sexy mm -hmm. to somebody who's out there and Doing they see that. you yeah and they but they see you coming home to them that's like yeah that's yeah, who i want to be it. with yes the, exactly the me uh, me coming to a, a person saying i'm gonna take this drug course i'm gonna take that's not sexy mm -hmm. it doesn't that doesn't appeal to the incarcerated individual to want to to say to somebody and, and they want to be with you when you get out. Unfortunately, that should be the case. And yeah, I think that, I I don't know. To me, no, you necessarily having a drug problem is not sexy, but you addressing it, acknowledging it and dealing with it, mm -hmm. that's sexy. But And it's also not sexy to the population because they don't get it twisted. They trying to impress the cast of Luminaire too. And so even though cast mm -hmm. clown you for getting education, you know, nobody cares that you go and take this damn 12-step program. Nobody's paying attention to that. But when you walk in with books in your hand and you taking this entrepreneurial course, people be like, hmm, a few people might be like, okay, he's doing his thing. But nobody's saying that when you complete the drug course. Nobody's saying, hmm, he's doing his thing. He like, really doesn't want to come back. Yeah, oh, he I really doesn't want to come back. So yeah. the sexy stuff, I keep using the word sexy because sometimes I'm saying it's appealing to the culture. It's appealing to everybody to say, you know, he's going to get out and do his thing and make all his money. But it first starts with tackling your issues. You ain't gonna make nothing. They can give you a pot of gold when you get out on the streets. If you ain't tackled your issue, you gonna fuck it all off. And I, we're not saying that drugs are the only issue. It's whatever the issue is yeah, yeah. that landed you in prison, yeah. that's what you need to tackle. Yeah, because like drugs were never my issue, right? If my issue was always violence. My issue was always like, uh, like I was, I'm killing ants with a sledgehammer. I take it too far. Mm -hmm. You know, that was my issue. And what did I do? Like I took courses to to that focused on that for me. And not only did it focus on the violent part of me, but it also focused on um, acknowledging and making amends for what I did. Acknowledging your part. Acknowledging my part. Yeah. And, 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 and basically like saying, okay, I was wrong in that. And no matter what I felt, how I was justified in the crimes I committed against people, um, I have to acknowledge that if I hadn't have been like I was, I wouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Mm -hmm. So tackling that issue has helped me. And even like I said, even though it's still a struggle to this day, I still tackled it to the point where I can get through it in real time out here on the streets mm -hmm. and stay out here. You know, that's is what it is. Yeah, man, that's kind of this is kind of a heavy one. Yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy because I, I, I miss all of them. I just hate prison so bad. I hate prison so bad. But I'm never not I'm never going to be one that thinks that nobody that everybody deserves <laughs> not to be in prison. I definitely know that there are people that deserve to be in prison, but I also just I really feel like a lot of the people that are in prison, there's some other type of, um, I guess, rehabilitation, but some t other type of restriction that I think would be more productive mm -hmm. or the focus be more productive or the re the um, the gear up for them to re come out home should be mm -hmm. more productive. Like if I feel like if those, the dr especially if drugs has been in any of your history, it should be mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you've gotten to come home on clemency, <clears throat> beating a three strike 
and getting to come home, that should be something that is, I think, should be mandatory. Yeah. Just because it's not because you I, I think that you need to have more people on your back. It's because you need more people to lift you up. If this is a hard thing to do it's not because i'm saying you are cannot be trusted i'm saying this is hard Mm -hmm. so coming out here doing that if you already have stuff that you're not dealing with you're of course you're going to go back to that because you're going to need something to help you cope with this Mm -hmm. life is just lifing the crap out of us and it's fast it's way faster than the speed that you are used to there's 10 and 20 things happening at one time there's money that needs to be that goes out people are not do not care what your past or your history is they want their money so there's all these things that you're having to juggle all the time i just think that if you have not dealt with that especially like i said if it was a drug and alcohol issue of course you're going to go back to what is comfortable when it gets hard Mm -hmm. if nobody's taught you new ways to deal with it so yeah that's good word babe yeah that's good word preach i mean and it hurts being out here and for decades uh you know this become like I don't want to say fam, but it's definitely like really, really, really good friends. People that you made plans with to do things yeah. on a positive level when you got out and it just not materialized. Because We've of had dinner. We made. went out to dinner and we've had drinks and like really we're trying to yeah. be a part of each other's lives. And then it just. And the, the cool part changed. about it is like. Hmm. P squared or yeah. P2, he, he ended up. Um, getting with a woman that was in the life like that. And I love her. She's, She's the sweetest person in the yeah. world. Don't get it twisted. But I'm saying he didn't recognize that that's not good for him. Yeah. You know, right. Like right, those right, are the type right. of things that if, if he had been through a course, a real course that highlights <clears throat> not only the traumas he's been through, but highlights the traumas he's done to other people and what you cannot be around. The very first thing they tell you is social situations yeah. is the thing that's going to bring you down. Yeah. And he just, he, no matter how sweet she is, he couldn't, he shouldn't have been in that situation. I think that a lot, well, and I don't, I've never had a drug problem, so I don't want to act like I know. I just feel like what a lot of times what I see, it seems like, okay, you came in with this drug problem and you've been in prison or whatever. And you thought, okay, so I came in at level zero. I'm coming out. I'm going to be, I'm going to be up here at level three. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple layers. I got this pad and I'm good. Mm-hmm. When really you should be at a level 30 yeah. because you need that many pads before you get back to zero. Three is not far to get to zero again. And I think that's what it is, is they think that they have enough space mm-hmm. or enough, I don't know, experience, enough sober time, enough whatever. It's like, no, see, I'm at three. I'm good. I'm not, I, w- I was at zero. Mm-hmm. And they think three is progress when really 30 is the progress and you're you're only at three. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. That- and that's hard to make someone understand that though, when they think that they've got it so under control mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, but. The thing is, the thought process they have it under control. They be thinking they're thirty. Oh, that's that, okay. That's, they be thinking they're thirty. So how do you? What is the? What is the get through? It's a reality check. It's almost like you know when some of my boys call and they be talking about what their plans is when they get out. Yeah. And 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 I can't tell them anything. It's all. It's almost like that. It's like you got a guy who thinks he's at thirty. What are you gonna tell him? So what he means by that, we have you know we have our guys that call still, and we love them to death, and they'll call, and I'll always because I'm you know the social worker in me is like, okay, so what are your plans when you get out? What have you been doing? What are you working on? And they all tell me what their plans are, mm-hmm. and it, they're just these plans. They're mm-hmm. not really plans. They're just ideas and dreams, and they're very lofty. There's not a lot of like. Um, I don't know, just framing. It's not a structure to it. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. 
So, you know, mm-hmm. I I share what I can share, but then I also am like, well, you know, you might want to consider this is what your boy's been going through and this has been a struggle for him. So maybe you should think about this. And then even babe will be like, well, it's not really like that because I'm out here. And he's telling them <laughs> as someone doing it right now. And they will be on the phone with us telling us why he's wrong. Yeah. Why he don't know what he's talking about or how they can do it better. Well, and I'm just like, I, I, the last one, I was like, sir, how are you telling him that when he's doing it? He just got home from doing it. I'm doing, I'm, <laughs> he just got home from doing it and struggle or, str- or not struggle. I'm doing it well. And I'm telling you. And I'm, t- and he's, t- and they just still, oh, no, no, no. For me, I got the, uh, it's like, I, like, I don't know what else to do. What's funny <laughs> is, and this is why I be trying to, I, even when I was inside, I was trying to get my guys to stop doing this. A lot of their plans are they're shouldered on their lady having to do something when they get out for exactly. them or somebody that's supporting them having to do something for them when they get out so they're making all these plans and incorporating the person that they're calling every day and the person they're calling every day don't even know your life about to change because you about well, to be life about and it, helping this food. exactly and, and it, it, i try to tell them like try to be as self-sufficient as much as you can i'm listen i came home my wife has helped me in so many areas. Just today, she helped me out on the computer with, to do something that I couldn't do. I mm-hmm. still can't do three years later from being home. Partially my fault because I was kind of standoffish on the computer when I first got home, but it's neither here nor there. But their their ideas are based upon somebody, usually a woman that's supporting them, who's already struggling to support them in prison. Now they got to do put money into what their idea or they got to put... 20 hours a day into the idea when they already got a full-time job. Here's what really happens a lot. That woman is making it happen. She's making her life happen and then she's making his little dream happen too. Mm -hmm. And he's not giving no credit that she's the one doing all of it. He thinks because he wrote a little letter or wrote a little proposal or sent her, hey, this is what I want to do. He thinks that he's really running the show when baby girl over here is raising kids, working, paying all the bills and trying to do your little business that ain't making nobody any money. <laughs> not saying I'm not saying little like it is diminishing or like it's right. not important. But in the grand scheme of things, you come out thinking, oh, see, I got this business or I got this thing or I'm about to be doing all this stuff. You, sir, have done nothing. Mm-hmm. She's doing all of the things and helping you get this going. So where the onus needs to be is like, me and my my partner or me and my wife, we would like to, if that's what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they haven't had that discussion. They just are talking about what they want to do. And then they get her all wrapped up into it because she's trying to save her mental space mm-hmm. because he's just in her face all the time about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's all, now they're thinking, because, oh, she made it happen and I could do it so much better. Mm-hmm. And I got all these other ideas. They just think that it's that easy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think that when we're trying to encourage you and support you and want you to have hope and happiness and, you know, feel like a part out here. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's great. I think all that's important. But I also yeah. think we have to paint a very realistic, realistic picture for them yeah. and let them feel some of the heartbreak and some of the harshness that comes <clears> with <throat> starting a business or running a business or just running your life because we make it look easy. And well, that's how they're that's how they're basing it off of us, how we're making it look for them. Well, at the same time, but based on what you were just saying, because I was really going to make that point is like a lot of times if a guy writes down this proposal, first person he shoots it to is his girl and his girl is letting him know, like, hey, that's dope. That's mm-hmm. filthy. Mm-hmm. Now, she's not saying that this is. What very, I want to do. Is, no, 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 no. She's not. 
<laughs> what she's saying is she's not telling him that what you just sent me and what I just read is in this infantile stage. It's just an idea. Yeah, it's in this infantile <laughs> stage. She's 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 supporting you, mm -hmm. but then you take what she said and your own ego involved, and then when you talk to me, you're telling me you starting this thing, mm -hmm. you got this thing mm -hmm. going based upon that. And, she's and now you're upset because things aren't going up so fast because she ain't moving as fast as you wanted to move because she got real life stuff to do. Mm -hmm. But you're acting as though this is going to make or break your life mm -hmm. or make or break her pocketbook. Right now. Right now. And you still got 10 years left. <laughs> 10 years left and not <laughs> no, one dime. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. So you got 10 years left. You've sent her this. You're on her every day about doing this. Mm -hmm. So you got all this time left. Who the fuck do you think is going to be doing all the work? Who is going to be doing all the work that you this idea that you got on paper? Who are you expecting to be doing all the work? It's going to be the woman. Shout out to all the women that support <laughs> knuckleheaded, <laughs> smarter, <laughs> think they smarter than actually are cast in prison. Now, listen, don't the get it twisted. I'm not downing nobody right. that has an idea and that's trying to put their best foot forward. Exactly. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a way to approach every situation. And when you're doing it with somebody that you love, there's a consideration that's supposed to be involved because we do the consideration thing in prison, mm -hmm. as I alluded to earlier. Mm -hmm. There's a consideration that's supposed to be involved that a lot of cats don't have. And you don't even know you pushing people away. But at the same time, you look like a damn fool. Well, I also teach too, ladies, like one thing Babe always said to me, the what he does in prison is what he's going to do out. And one thing my mama always said to me is how you start it is how you going to end it. Mm. So the two things, what he always did in prison is what literally his routine, his drive, his get up every day, all of the things he did, he did bring that routine, that um structure mm -hmm. and discipline home. Thank you, babe. And I, I appreciate that. that because he he followed through on that. I also will say that when I started with you, I was a lot younger. I was still learning my voice. I was still kind of just figuring out prison mm -hmm. and how to do it and hold you down and support you and all of the things. And sometimes in that, I did lose my like, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that a lot of times that happens. It's not because... Um, it's necessarily manipulation. I think that we're just so busy trying to make sure we hold this man up and mm -hmm. we support him and want him to keep that hope because we want him to get out of there and want him to get out of there better than he was and don't right. want him breaking or cracking or, you know, all those things. So you do say yes a little bit more. You might want to spare his feelings more with some of the ideas that he comes up with because you just want to encourage him. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's still necessary, but I also think that it's like, you know, when those forms come back, let's just say, if forms are coming back and things need to be filled out, send those to him. Let him see that those are the forms and that's the information that we need. So get the information and send it back to me. It'd be I mean, worth it. Because you know you're going to have to help him, but it can't just be, oh, I need those forms. I need those forms. Because now all the, it's on you. Mm -hmm. He's not taking any of that because he doesn't even know what it is because they don't have the computer. They're not sending them all of the documents. They're not asking for the things. So as much as we're trying to take off of them, I think that it helps that we include them in as much of it because they're going to be out here. Mm -hmm. And you want a partner. You do not want a child. So you want someone to come out that can be your partner. And yeah. to do that, he's got to know what he's doing. Yeah. And if we're just giving him pieces of it or we're doing a lot of it for them, while in, in all of our heart, we think that we're helping them, I think that it sometimes does a disservice because it gives them a false sense of what reality is. Preach. Especially if they've been down for 20 something years. It's, it's a whole different world now. So I don't know, just a little tidbit. Yeah, no, and to follow up on that, like ladies, 
and and it's not just ladies, but I'm just I'm speci- I'm speaking specifically to them because that's been my experience. But there's a lot there's some there's some brothers out here that support other brothers in prison also. And mm-hmm. props to y'all. But ladies, please understand this. Support is one of the biggest things you can give to these brothers in prison, but the biggest thing you can give them is a reality check before they come home. And I think a lot of elite people I know ain't getting that reality check because they wouldn't be talking like they talking if they was getting that on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like they living in the fantasy world. Prison will do that to you because it's like a horse running a race with blinders on. Like you you can't see see nothing but what's right in front of you every single day in prison and understand when you got here, there's everything coming at you. Mm -hmm. Everything coming at you at once and you have to deal with it. You can't let them just think they're right. Like I know that sometimes for us, it's just to save our mental and to save the energy that we, the little bit of energy we have. And you know, you got two minutes left on the phone. And you got, (laughs) you know, you know that's part of it. You got two minutes left on that phone. But literally like, I I think that sometimes we need to just be like, sir, that's not how it works. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to play this game with you because I'm now feeding this to you. I'm making you think this is how it works. And it's really just going to make my life a little bit harder. So if that's what you want here, go ahead and do what you can. I can help with that, but I'm like taking it all on. I just, unless you plan on doing that from here on out, Mm -hmm. I don't suggest to do that. And that just might mean that some things we just have to put on the pause until you can get out and actually do it because you woman i'm talking to the, the ladies right now in this you have got to preserve yourself because this is a long race so you have to you can't just you know jump in and be a hundred for 20 years that's not gonna work you're mm-hmm. gonna have to really pace yourself and you're gonna have to make sure that your man understands what this is it can't be just me doing and you benefiting Mm -hmm. it has to be this has to be a mutual thing it has to be beneficial for both of us i need to get something out of this too because you're just as important as this relationship as they are Mm -hmm. and i think because they're in prison and they are taken away and they don't get to do all these things and we love them so much that we try to accommodate for the things they miss Mm Yeah. That's it's not realistic to do for a long term and yeah. to still keep yourself full. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to preserve yourself here because at the end of the day, he's coming home and you want to be a whole woman when he gets there. You don't want this, this system and the prison to just eat away at you because it already will. But yeah. you don't want to be a shell of this woman when you when he gets home because, you know, he's kind of beat you down a little bit. And then the system and all that stuff, like you got to stick up for yourself and mm-hmm. just kind of set your boundary, you yeah. know? I mean, like you like like what you were talking about earlier, like I do say whatever you do in prison is what you're going to do when you get home. If you can't get up at eight o'clock in the morning in prison, you're not going to do it on the streets. It's not going to happen. Right. At the same time, if you ain't filling out no forms in prison. How the hell you think you're going to fill them out exactly. when you get home? Exactly. That's my point. Like, so to your point, y'all, point, there's a lot of things that as as the supporters, you guys can be a catalyst in their reintegration, if you will, by that reality check and giving them stuff like i don't get it twisted there was times that like she said she felt like she lost her voice there was times she did a lot for me that i probably could have did for myself i think a lot of people that are in support mode right now don't do it because you've never been in this position before Mm -hmm. so you don't know what it looks like when you come home we're Mm -hmm. telling you if you're in that position right now you're doing it doing it that way as far as doing everything for him and not giving reality checks that's going to be your reality when he comes exactly period and i know that it's all out of good it's all out of good. It's all it's, it's in hopes of just being, you know, good to your your man and to try to help him. But 
I don't think it always helps. I think, of course, we do have to help them. Mm -hmm. But I think that the reality comes and when they see what work it takes and that they don't know how to do it, I also think that that will, hopefully, if he can get to that point, will provide him with some humility and more appreciation for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know what you're doing every day. They don't know how you're busting your ass to just do the basics. And they think that what they're getting is just so normal. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what you had to do to get that money on the phone. They don't know what you had to do to get the money to go to the visit. They don't know what you had to do to get the outfit to go. They have no idea what goes around or goes before and after. Mm -hmm. All they do is see when you show up and you're looking fly. And when you show up and answer the phone, and when you show up and send back their paperwork, and you show up and you do all these things, so you're just making it happen. And they think that's what life, that's just what it does. Mm -hmm. You just, because we're doing that. So, your finger on we can make it look easy, but, and I mean, of course, you're if you're really doing your thing, that's what you're supposed to do. But I think also you need to let your man know, like, but this is where I need you mm -hmm. to help me. And this is why this isn't easy. And even if you're doing it, let him go through these steps with you. Like, he needs to see what you're doing for him so mm -hmm. he can appreciate it. And only that, that starts the partnership. That starts the partnership. Yeah, it's the not, true partnership. doesn't have to fall all on you. And. 100%. Like the other day, we had a little situation where um, I, we were both doing something and I was like, yeah, but remember me over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both doing something that kind of benefited him, mm -hmm. but we weren't, we didn't get to the part that was going to benefit me. And mm -hmm. I had to come back and say like, yes, we did this and I think that's great, but where, where yeah, am yeah. I at here? Because it was multiple things that needed to be done for me in that, in that stance, you know, and you did, you did more than one thing mm -hmm. and then and in i had thought about you but then something came up that was about him yeah and that was about me <laughs> something came up and then i didn't go back to it exactly and and i felt bad for the simple fact that i didn't i didn't go back to it with the same umph that you approached my situation with mm -hmm. and y'all but, but when i when i showed you what it was mm -hmm and you realize what it was, mm -hmm. you did get the oomph. Yeah. But I, if he, if I hadn't shown him, he'd have kept doing business as usual. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that we have to take a little bit of accountability and making sure they know what our expectation is too, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And when they don't get it right, finding the time to go back and be like, okay, so this is what I really needed in this situation. This is what you gave me, mm -hmm. but maybe next time could I get some more of this, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. But I think that when they have their ideas and you being collaborative with them instead of um, taking it from them mm -hmm. will help them really see what being a partnership is because now they're invested too and yeah. it's not just you doing everything for them. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. Okay. So that was the nice version, even if it didn't sound like that to y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the lay you down, make you want to stop your mama version is this. Supporters, if y'all doing that, you stunting your man's growth. And individually and collectively as a couple, where he's supposed to be growing with you, mm -hmm. you're stunting his growth mm -hmm. by not including him, not giving him no reality checks, not making him do his part, even though he can't do 50%. Acknowledge. Can you acknowledge that right. I mean, we can't do 50%, but he can do 35. He could do 30. And, and a lot of times we only do- you have to hold him accountable for what he can do. Because that's yeah. the other thing. When when guys are in prison, you're always like, well, he can't do this and he can't do that. But there are there's small things, but there's things that he can do that shows mm -hmm. he's in it. Whether it is, um, I don't even know. There was just certain things that you would do that was like, okay, that, mm -hmm. that just let me know you were in it with me. Yeah. Um, but just making sure that like, 
you are getting a little bit of what you need from this too. It can't just be all about him because it's going to suck you dry. Yeah. And then you're going to be resentful. Mm -hmm. And then, and yeah. I know what to do with it because now you're resentful, but now you're also in a position where I've been here this long and I don't want to give up because it's a waste. Now you just kind of stuck. Now you stuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you definitely have to do your part, ladies, and, and, and let them know I'm giving that reality check. But kudos to y'all because we know that the only reason the sun goes around is because we don't over here doing it. So good job. Continue. Real I give deal. much respect and love and props to y'all. And I, of course, you know, you got a part in my heart because it don't matter if you visit it one time or 757 times. Mm -hmm. I know what it takes to go to visit. I know what it takes to put money on that phone and pick it up when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. I know what it takes to be a prison somebody when prison sucks. Mm -hmm. So you always will get my support for that. 100%. Or my respect. So. Mine too, respect. All right, babe. Well, that was kind of deep. That was deep. A little bit. Day. This was a little bit longer than our normal episodes, but I think I hope you guys will get something out of it. Yeah, something I mean, useful. You know, this is this is for everybody. This is for the people who've never been in a situation, just for your knowledge. But the people that are trying to reintegrate successfully as a couple or individually, please understand we hollering at y'all, mm -hmm. and we serious about that because. <clears throat> your success means better communities and better communities mean that we got strength going forward absolutely and we're not just coming back to these dilapidated communities and i'm talking when i say dilapidated i'm not talking about the physical i'm talking about like emotionally and mentally mm -hmm. dilapidated and they have nowhere to go and no option and then you walk back into that and what are you going to be the same you know and so it starts with i'm telling y'all a lot of times success comes from the love that's been given and the mm -hmm. support that y'all are given is a is a constant constant reminder of love 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 is drilled into us every day when you pick up the phone it's drilled into us every day when you guys do favors for us but more than anything it's drilled into us when you show that you care by giving him a reality check on issues that he doesn't know about and he thinks he knows about mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that i thought i knew when i came home right and i thought i was a scholar at it and now i can be like you remember when you said yeah 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 you'll never let me forget me? it either you don't let me forget it either. Yeah, you gonna, gonna cut that shit out. No, it's like, but, yeah, I mean, but it's, seriously though, y'all, reality checks, and I respect it. I'm a man, and a man, a, a real man, can respect the reality check for somebody he loves. That's what you're there for. And the cold part about it is, we ain't shy about giving y'all reality check. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We ain't shy about giving y'all a reality check or a check-in period. So y'all got to do the same thing to a man you love. It's not it's not disrespectful. It's a, it's definitely a way you deliver the message. But I'm saying, like, you have to be real, mm -hmm. period, yeah. if you want, you want success in your relationship. That's across the board. It doesn't even just mean for prison. You yeah. got to be real with your man no matter what situation. Mm -hmm. If you are not feeling it, let him know. If he ain't feeling it, he should let y'all know. The communication part, everybody should really be getting what they need from each other. And if you're not... That's why we're talk we need mm -hmm. to talk about it because yeah. it can't be one sided. So this yeah. isn't just prison talk. This is just talk. love talk. Yeah, for real. This is empowerment. <sighs> Y'all, we really want to just continue, you know, like this is the black love here. We're we're trying to make this thing work. We're working at it hard every day, but we know that we're not the only successful couple. Mm -hmm. We know that there's a lot of other successful couples that have come through this and worse and are doing wonderful things. And we just, I want to spotlight that part because you just don't hear that. Um, through the podcast though, I've been so just grateful to be able to have met some of you ladies out here. 
um, along with some of your partners that are doing wonderful things and are wanting to connect with us and just do more of this type of work. Um, so it's been great. Please continue to reach out and let us know. But like I said, if you know of a couple who's doing this reentry and they're doing it well, or they might have a few bumps, but they're still working at it. We'd love to hear those stories. I would love to eventually have guests on the show that can tell us kind of their story and what they've gone through and how they've made it work because we're not the only ones. We just need to spotlight that more and showcase it. So whether you're here in Seattle and we can have you come here physically or we need to like tap you in, like we could do that. Yeah, That would be ideal. So keep those stories coming. And then in the meantime, Come check us out every Thursday. Mm-hmm. We drop a new episode, and then we're also going to start our Friday lives. So the day after the episodes start, we're going to do lives to just kind of recap what we talked about with y'all, just to get to know you better, build the community better. Haven't decided if we're going to do it on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok yet. Mm-hmm. So if you have a preference, go ahead and put that in the chat as well. But until then, we will see you back next Thursday. Please comment, like, share. And another thing, why aren't you subscribed? Rude. Hit that button. Hit the button. It's one red button. And then you can also share it out, too. We'd love that, too. But in the meantime, please come back. Thank you for being here. For sure. And we'll see you again next time. And we're going to be here, too. Wheels fall fall off. off. Bye, y'all.